Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. What a, what a great God that we have. Amen. What a great God we have. And it helps us as well. Let me tell you, as Jesus said, in this world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Uh, you know, uh, he, he said, I have overcome the world. Uh, let me encourage all of you who are considering getting married or who are considering having children, you know, or considering starting a business or considering getting up in the morning. If you're considering getting up in the morning and going through tomorrow, you know, realize that you might run into a problem here and there. Okay, but do it with joy. Get up in the morning anyway. Go ahead and, you know, because we are not here to avoid the problems that this world offers. We are here to conquer these problems. We are here to, to stand up against them and let the light of the glorious gospel of Christ shine in us and through us so that others might see that light and glorify God in heaven. Uh, we are the salt of the earth. People look at us and, and the things that we go through are not unlike the things that others go through all around us. But we go through it in a different way because of the one that walks with us through everything. You know, it's not that I've never had another flat tire since I got saved, but I don't ever remember. Now, this is my testimony. Uh, you know, uh, you know it's, 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 I just don't ever remember being upset because I had a flat tire. I don't remember feeling as though that somehow God was trying to get me or I was being uh, abandoned or because, you know, I displeased him and he wanted, you know, punish me somehow. That just is, you know, all of that went away. Uh, In fact, this is not a part of my message tonight, but, but, uh, okay, this is for free. This isn't planned. This is just free, okay? It's the chapter where in Romans, the fourth chapter, You may remember the Bible says the Apostle Paul was writing to the church at Rome and he said, what has Abraham, our father, in the faith? What what do we learn from him? And he goes on through Romans 4 telling us that what we learned was blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not charge that man with sin. Blessed is the man that does not have to pay for his sins. Wow, that's a pretty good deal, isn't it? Blessed is the man. He said, just like King David wrote, blessed is the man whom the Lord will not make that man pay for his sins. The man that trusts God and that God counts that trust like righteousness. But if you go back into that Psalms that the Apostle Paul was quoting there in Romans 4, and, and if you go ahead and read Romans 4, you'll find out that at, at the very end it says that, that you know, the Apostle Paul didn't write these things. David didn't write these things. God didn't write these things in the Bible for the sake of those people that it happened to, but rather for our sakes, to whom also the same blessings will come on us if we follow after Abraham and just trust in God. Oh, what joy for those, or, uh, for those whose disobedience is forgiven. Now, listen, isn't that, a, isn't that a pretty good picture? Listen, what joy it is for those whose disobedience is forgiven, 
whose sin is put out of sight. What joy it is. Uh, you know, that, that, that's why in the morning time, I, I get up happy. First thing I do is reach for my Bible. It's the number one thing I do every morning. I reach for my Bible. And, 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 uh, and, and, and I do it with a smile on my face and joy in my heart. Why? Because you know what? I, I, I have been that disobedient person in the past. I have failed God not even meaning to, but I have also failed him and really meant to. It was what I meant. I was, you know, uh, you, know, I've, I've, you, know you have too. Okay? We've all lived our own life at some point and made our own decision. But oh, what joy it is. What joy it is for those whose disobedience is forgiven. If you would like to be one of those whose disobedience is forgiven, let's read on and let's see what, what, you know, whose sin is out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt. <laughs> oh, come on. If that can't make you giggle just a little bit and laugh a little bit, do you know how guilty I was? Do you know how guilty you were? Do, do, do we understand what God has done? He has cleared our record. What joy. That means that there should be some joy in our life when we connect to the reality that our record has been, we were guilty, we were disobedient, but our record has been cleared of guilt whose lives are lived in complete honesty. Now that's incumbent upon us. That's our responsibility. After we have been forgiven, it's our responsibility then to go ahead and start living an honest life. You know, just living, just, just living right. Uh, ne next verse. This is going to be, this, this might become your favorite psalm, by the way. When I refused, when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away. Have you ever seen someone, let's just imagine somebody on, on television. They're just right in our face all the time. Anyway, somebody that you know they're wrong and you know they know they're wrong and they're yet telling you lies and they know they're telling you lies but they're trying to fool you and trick you anyway and, they, you know, and, and, and they're doing it for their own benefit and not yours and they're not trusting God and there doesn't seem to be a godly bone in their body. You ever look at them, they look like an old sourpuss, like an old dried up piece of bacon. They look like they hadn't got any friends. They just look like they're, oh, and it looks like they're getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah, they're wasting away. Why? Because when you confuse, when, excuse me, when you refuse to just be honest with God about your sin. Now, I'm not talking about telling the rest of the world about your sin. But David said this, when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned. I moaned and groaned and complained and I was, you know, just, you know, just all day long. All day long, life was just a sad sack. All day long, I was just, a, you know, just, just didn't, I'm just groaning all day long. Okay? Groaning and complaining. Is this some good stuff? This, is, by the way, is for free. It's not even a message yet. So, uh, day and night. Your hand of discipline was heavy upon me. You know, God was dealing with my heart, dealing with my mind. You know, he was putting pressure on me. His hand of discipline, his hand, you know, of, of what was upon me. You know, even, even chastisement, even, even, you know, uh, pressure, putting pressure upon us. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. In the King James, New King James, it says Selah. 
That means interlude. What that means is stop and think about this. Okay, that's right there in the, in the you know, just stop and think about this. Just hold on. Let's play a little music. David is, you know, writing this psalm, and he's writing these good words, and he gets here, and this is the point where the music's going, and it's letting you think about what you just heard, the song. It says, oh, day and night, your hand of discipline was up on me. Oh, that was Batman, wait. And my strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Stop a moment and think about that. When was that? It was when I refused to confess my sin. When I refused to just get honest and live in complete honesty. When I, when I refused to just live honestly. Can you see this? Have you ever been in that place? I, I, I have experienced that place where life seems like it's just drying up and joy is drying up. And it seems like, you know, just groaning day after day and night and day. There's just some heavy burden upon you and, and you just don't feel like you're, you know, right. And, 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 yeah. Next verse. Finally. Everybody say finally. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the place hopefully we all get to. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you. Talking about to God. He wasn't talking about putting them on Facebook. Hello. Thank you. Glory to God. Yeah. Nobody else has any business with your sins. Okay. When I confessed all my sins. Now, they will benefit from your testimony. Okay. But they got no business handling your sins. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. <laughs> I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Stop and think about that for just a minute. Oh my goodness. You know, the devil can't trap you and trick you and put you in a place. All your guilt is gone. When you confess your sins to the Lord in an honest approach to him, all he clears your record. That's what we read about. My record of guilt has been cleared. Oh, my goodness. I, now, I remember what I used to be. I remember what I used to do. I remember how it negatively impacted other people. I remember how I hurt. I remember how I hurt other people. And, 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 and it was heavy upon me. But when I confessed my sins to God and stopped trying to hide my guilt, stopped trying to you know, make excuses for it and cover it up with other things and circumstances, situations, and yeah, yeah, boom, you forgave me. Isn't that great? Wow. Therefore, let all the godly pray to you. Boy, there's an admonition for us. This is why, therefore, whenever you see the word therefore, you look right up above there and see what it, it's there for. Okay? Therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there is time. <laughs> Let me tell you, you got time right now to get right with God. Isn't that a good deal? You got time right now just to confess your sins to the Lord, stop hiding your guilt. You got time right now uh, just, just to stop trying to make excuses and hide behind it. And, and, and you, you can get out from under that pressure. You can have your record of guilt cleared. You, oh, what joy it is to those whose disobedience has been forgiven. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
You know, this can make a grown man just, just kind of giggle a little bit. Think about it. Um, while there's time, let the godly pray to you while there is still time, that they may not be drawn into the floodwaters of judgment, not only in this world, but also in the world to come, but especially even being drowned with the floodwaters of judgment that you put on yourself, condemnation, all, all the rejection. I mean, sometimes when people aren't living an honest life, they really cannot even go before God and be honest with him in prayer. They pray pre-made prayers or they pray written prayers or they pray prayers that they've read in some book because they can't get honest with God and just have an honest conversation. They don't even think God wants to listen to them. And you know, he doesn't necessarily want to listen to pretend prayers of the ungodly but the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers with just an honest approach to God uh, either that or the floodwaters just press down the boat it's next uh, next verse for you are my hiding place you protect me from trouble you surround me with songs of victory stop and think about that next one the Lord says I will guide you the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Verse 9, do not be like the senseless horse and mule. Okay, don't be like a horse or a mule that needs a bit and a bridle to keep them under control. Many sorrows come to the wicked but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. Isn't that good? One more. So rejoice in the Lord and be glad all you who obey him. Shout for joy all whose hearts are pure. Wow. What a deal. That's a pretty good psalm, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and that's what the Apostle Paul was referring to whenever he was talking about our father Abraham. What did Abraham, our father, teach us and find himself as pertaining to the faith? He found out that God would clear your record if you would trust him enough to be honest with him. Trust him enough to confess your sins to him. He would restore your joy and you would end up having a happy life. As happy as a person who has had his record expunged. Wow. Let's, let's look just a moment at Paul's continuing thoughts in Romans. As he's encouraging people to look and see uh, how we can connect with God if we will just be honest with Him and lay down our lives before Him, if we'll just let Him, uh, um, um, if we'll trust Him enough and have faith in Him, we will end up uh, like Abraham. What, what did Abraham find out? I'll be in the New King James now. I, I just happen to like the New Living Translation in Psalms 32. It is just a marvelous, marvelous uh, um, translation, I think, of that particular verse. But in, in uh, the fourth chapter of Romans, uh, in, let's say, verse number 17, after the Apostle Paul had established a fact that Abraham 
was right with God because Abraham trusted God. He went on to explain how Abraham trusted God. What was the process by which Abraham had enough trust in God that God wiped Abraham's record away and filled Abraham with joy, the joy that it took him to wait on God? You know, there are four major tests that you're going to take in life. One of the tests you're going to take in life is the valley test. It's a test of what do I do when things aren't going my way, when things aren't going right? What do I do whenever uh, the, the things you know, uh, uh, seem to just end up, my hands end up empty? What do I do in the valley? What do I do whenever uh, you know, it just doesn't go my way? Do I keep on trusting God? Do I keep on walking with Him? Do I keep on you know, uh, uh, pleasing God whenever I'm in a difficult situation? You know, if sickness comes, you know, if, if financial trouble comes, if some tribulation tragedy trial some test comes how do I react to God whenever I am going through a difficult situation everyone will face a valley test and a valley test is difficult at times but we keep on holding on to Jesus when we're going through hard times a second test everyone's going to face is a mountaintop test the mountaintop test is what do you do whenever things are going well what do you do whenever you're making more money than you've ever made and you've got more time than you've ever had and, and, you know, and, and things are easy? What do you do whenever the pressure is not on you, when you, you know, don't have to do anything? You're, you know, you're, you're not desperate for your electricity bill to be paid. You're not desperate for someone who's sick or, or infirmed. What do you do when you're on the mountain? This can be a very formidable test. The formidable test comes uh, even to the children of Israel. We read in the the book of Deuteronomy where the where, where their leader Moses said to them now this is where you need to be careful you're about to go into a land of milk and honey you're about to go into a land of plenty you're about to go into a land where you will no longer have to build your houses they'll already be built for you you won't have to plant your vineyards they'll already be planted for you you will eat bread without any lack and you will have everything that you need and you will dwell in rest and in safety from all your enemies he said now when when that happens you beware that you don't forget God but they didn't listen to him you know they passed the valley test they went in and fought the enemies they went in and and and, and you know under pressure they did well but when they got to the mountaintop they didn't do well when everything was going okay they forgot God and they strayed from God. It's happened to a lot of cultures. It's happened to a lot of generations. It happened, you know, Amos prophesied to a, to a very influential and a very prosperous people about making sure that they, that, that they realized that it was still their responsibility to serve the Lord. As well, that's what, you know, Jonah went to Nineveh. Nineveh was a great city, and they were doing well. And because they were doing so well, they had allowed sin to creep into their life. And it can happen when Whenever you're on the mountaintop there is a mountaintop test do you know that that uh, uh, you will have a test in life when you get up to the plate and 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 that ball is thrown and you've got the bat right there whether you struck out last time or whether you had a home run last time both of those can give you a run for your money because you know you you, you just you know there, there's a lot of pressure a third test that you're going to have in life is a test of it's over. What do you do when it's over? There will be a test. What, what do you do whenever, you know, you get married and your single life is over? There will be a test. Hello? 
Come on here, go with me on this, okay? What do you do whenever, whenever you retire? You know, and they, they, they don't need you out the plant anymore. There will be a test. I mean, you'll, 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 you'll be tested whether your sense of value. What do you do after a divorce? Uh, you know, it's over. There will be a test. What do you do after the loss of a loved one? There will be a test. When things are over, there is a test. There is a test. There's a mountaintop test. There's a valley test. There's a test if it's over. But one of the greater tests that we face, a test that Abraham, you know, and Sarah had a little trouble with, it's the test of waiting, waiting on the Lord. Because while we are waiting, we imagine God's doing nothing. We imagine ourselves in limbo. We imagine ourselves, you know, uh, getting farther and farther away from God and farther and farther. You know, but that's not true. You know, what you do while you wait can determine how long you wait. Many times what God is needing is that while we're waiting, he needs us also to engage in the things that, that, that he needs us to do to position ourselves, to receive the blessing and the benefit of him and his good timing. He works with us. He leads us even in the days of waiting. And while we are waiting, God is working. And that's the test that Abraham was involved in. Abraham was promised, along with Sarah, uh, Sarah, a blessing from the Lord, and it had been 25 years. And the Bible says in verse 17, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom Abraham believed God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Abraham. Abraham believed God. He believed God. This believing God is the theme from the book of Genesis all the way through the book of Revelation. If Eve had believed God, she would not have partaken of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But what was tested in her is, are you going to believe God? Do you believe what God said? And if you do believe what God said, and, and you know, there, there nonetheless is a shortcut. And that's exactly what Jesus was tested with. In, in, in those days in the wilderness. There was a shortcut that you could take in the, in the wilderness. You don't have to go to the cross to get the crown. If you'll just fall down before me and worship me right now, and then, then you know, uh, I, I, all the kingdoms I will give to you. This test of waiting is a very formidable test. And what you do while you wait. Here, the Word of God tells us that Abraham believed God and in verse number 18 the Bible says he even believed him contrary to hope and contrary to hope in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken so shall your descendants be Abraham taught us something and the Bible says in verse 19 that Abraham was not weak in faith. What does that simply mean? It means that there's one thing that Abraham worked on in his life. He worked on himself 
because nobody else can work on you like you can work on you. And Abraham was not weak in faith. He did not consider his own body now dead, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. But instead, okay, the Bible says, instead of being weak in faith, he was strong in faith. He didn't consider his own body. He didn't consider Sarah's womb, which were realities. But he did not waver at the promise of God. That, that, that word waver means to hesitate, stagger. And the reason he didn't lose his faith while he was waiting is because the Bible says that Abraham... He, he did not hesitate through unbelief. He refused to stop believing God. He just decided that if I die, I will die in faith. That if this happens, it's got to be in God's hands. If God's going to do it, he's the only one that can. He's got to do it. But... He was strengthened in faith, and he gave glory to God. Being fully persuaded, fully convinced that what God had promised, God was able also to perform. What did Abraham, our father, find? According to the Apostle Paul, he found what David found. You see, David was like Abraham at one point. David was an empty man. Abraham was an empty man. Abraham had a lot of things like David, had a lot of things, but yet he was empty on the inside. And the only thing he had on the inside of him was the knowledge that God loved him and was going to do something good for him. God was going to give him something he wanted. God was going to give him something he desired. And so what he needed was to trust God. While there is still time, trust God. You know, there may be something that you're believing God for, and you may not know how God's going to do it, but he will lead you on his path to accomplish his will, his purpose, his goal that he's placed in your heart. In fact, right now I'm going to tell you that you have a dream in your heart. You were born with a dream and a desire. You were born with the seed of God. You were born with purpose. You were born with something that God has for you to fulfill in your life that is going to take faith and it's going to take you working with God. It, you know, God it, it isn't necessarily going to do it all by himself, okay? It's not that he's just going to drop a miracle on you. You're going to need to work with God, but a part of your work is going to be to trust him and to keep trusting him and walk with him and do whatever he says do, to walk through whatever door that he opens, to be faithful to God. Don't let your dream die. God may fulfill it in a way that you don't expect, but he will not let it fall to the ground if you trust him. It's impossible for God to lie to you. You know, you might be at a place in your life, maybe at a place where David was at one point, and maybe you could feel, if you're not watchful, that, you know, you've messed up something. And because you've messed up something, the dream in your heart can never come to pass. That's not the truth. 
God knew what you were going to do. He knew what you were going to, you know, the road you were going to take. And you will never catch God unprepared for something that you're going to do. There's a dream in your heart still. And I believe that if you will give God a chance, he will awaken that dream in your heart. I believe that he will keep you from being, you know, under that heavy burden, under that pressure, under that press. I believe if you will just be honest with God, if you would go before him, perhaps you have, have, have been in a place where you're not sure what he's going to do in your life. I'm, I'm not talking about not sure how he's going to do it. Okay? There's a difference between I'm not sure how you're going to do this and I'm not sure you're going to do this. There's a whole big difference between that. You know, I don't know how God saved my soul, but I know that he did. We don't have to have answers for everything, okay? You may not know how God is going to fulfill his will in your life, but don't lose faith that he will. He will fulfill his promise to you in a way that he chooses, in a time that he chooses. Our part is to trust him. In fact, I would even say that God is fulfilling his will in many of your lives today and has been for a season past has been fulfilling things in your life that you may not have taken full notice of because he may have been doing it in a way that you didn't expect, don't appreciate, didn't recognize. I'll just go on to, 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 to say what's in my heart. I believe that God is doing more in your life in ways that he predetermined that you're not recognizing and he is fulfilling right now fulfilling you know uh, and leading up to a fulfillment of your greatest calling you're in a better place than what you may realize you know I, I've uh, I, I'm often um, hesitant to step out on a limb too far because I know that people are going through very difficult times right now. But even in the midst of your difficult time, in the midst of your loss, in the midst of your COVID, in the midst of your job situation, in the midst of relationship problems, you know, uh, in the midst of financial situations, whatever you may be facing here in Southeast Texas communities or communities all around the world, whatever you are facing, disappointments, uh, don't let disappointments in how you thought it was going to come to pass make you disappointed in the God that's going to bring it to pass. God, he will not lie to you. You were born with a seed of his promise on the inside of you. Be honest with God. That's what the psalmist David was writing. You know, part of our responsibility is to keep our hearts pure and cleansed before him so that we're not charging him or ma making him a part of our guilt uh, association. 
that for some reason you're not, for some reason, you know, you didn't protect that person. For some reason, you know, you didn't get me that job. For some reason, you know, uh, you know uh, this happened or that broke or this, you know, for some reason, you know, uh, they got sick. You know, listen, don't charge God with anything evil. You might be disappointed but don't be disappointed in God. Have an honest conversation with him. And I really do believe that tonight, uh, if I could leave you with, you know, a couple of things. Number one, I want to encourage you to find that joy, the joy that, that comes with you know, realizing your record has been cleared. You know, uh, Abraham showed us that when you trust God, you, you know, it is counted for righteousness. And God counts it as though you have never done wrong. He clears your record. He forgives your sin. Be honest with him. Okay? And realize, number one, you know, let that joy come back. Be happy that God has cleared your record. That's enough. And with that joy, use that to move yourself into a place to where you refuse to be disappointed in God. And when you, when you can have an honest conversation with God, God can, can you know, cleanse that heart and purify that mind so that the things which you are disappointed in you know, won't be accusations that God doesn't love you or care about you, didn't take care of you, doesn't care about your friends, your family. Because God's fulfilling His will in your life. Give Him a chance. Trust Him. Have an honest conversation with God. And then just do whatever He says. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. You want to be blessed? Okay. Go to God with your sins. When I refused to be honest with God about me, it ended up drying up my life and my body wasted away. And my life was like water evaporating in the hot sun. But when I went to God, and just got honest with him. Talk to God. Get alone where nobody else can hear you. Get to a place. Don't be afraid. God is not afraid to handle your sin, your disappointments. Don't be afraid to get together with him and talk to him and pour out your heart. He'll do what he did with David. And David later wrote in Psalms 51, you know, that, oh God, he said, restore to me the joy of just being saved. Just being happy just because I'm saved. Well, trust God, okay? You can call those things which be not as though they are because God will not lie to you. Be fully persuaded of what God has promised he is able also to perform. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com 
and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.